0: Greatness is unsearchable, because that is how great you are. Thank you, O God, for orchestrating and leading our lives, O God, that we come into the house of prayer, praise, and worship one more time. We ask, O God, that you magnify your presence in this place, that as we, O God, offer up unto you a sacrifice of praise, continually that the fruit of our lips will give thanks to thy name. We pray, oh God, may you continue to inspire Pastor Brown that would preach, oh God, a Christmas revival in our lives. That we will go beyond the gifts beneath the tree, oh God, but worship the eternal gift, oh God, the gift of salvation. For the Bible says that we have this gift in earthen vessels that the excellency and the glory will be of God and not of us. So let everything... Oh God, be sent and done, oh God, with decency and in order. May, oh God, the life that we live right now, oh God, let people know that we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, even during this Christmas season. So we thank you, oh God, in advance that you're what you're going to do. So may you lead, guide, and orchestrate this entire service from beginning to end and then some that may you, oh God, cause our spiritual cups to run over that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. This we ask in the name and by the blood of Jesus, we pray, and all of God's people say, amen. hallelujah, amen.
1: Good morning, Resurrection. I greet you this morning with Jesus' joy. It's a joy that the world didn't give us and that the world cannot take away. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise the Lord. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a baby boomer. I'm 65. And I remember Big Mama Nim used to say, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. This is the second, second, the second Sunday of Advent, the promise of the Savior. Amen. And on the second Sunday of Advent, we focus on hope and peace. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm happy, I'm grateful to God for the Prince, the Prince of Peace. So if you would just do me a favor for 10 seconds, I will want you to turn your voice to heaven, and I want you to thank God for the Prince of Peace. Christ is our only hope. He's our only hope look around and I
2: think things over. Christ is the only hope. The Prince. The Prince. The Prince. The Prince of Peace.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. On behalf of our pastor Ray D. Brown and our members here and our staff and our administration, we welcome you. If you are a first-time guest, wave your hand, wave your hand. First-time guest, we love you. We love you. Do we love them? We know you could have been anywhere else today, but you chose to be here with us. And so if you would text guests to... 830-689-8074, tell us a little bit about yourself and we're going to share about us. We pray now, even now, for our pastor as he prepares to come and do the next installment. We got these mighty men behind us who are going to sing today and we are excited. So all I got to say, oh magnify the Lord with us and let us exalt his name together.
3: Um, Mighty clouds of joy, y'all can have a seat. (laughs) Earth, Wind, and Fire, Commodores, and DeBarge family, please be seated. Come on and give the Lord a hand of praise, amen. It is a blessing to see each and every one of you all, as always, as we assemble in the house of the Lord. I just feel, you know, we start church out with a deacon's devotional. And um, that would get things started. And normally when they're through, everybody that's in the lobby or outside smoking cigarettes would put them out and come in and they know the choir was getting ready to march in. Amen. And um, the choir would march in on songs like, we've come this far by faith. Oh, y'all remember the same thing? Who leaning on leaning on the law trust him trust? Him. I didn't mean for y'all to stand up. But then there was another song we used to sing.
0: Ready to go to church? Because
3: before we sung that song, we would sing, I will trust. gotta go back to those old hymns too amen we're just gonna do a Sunday we're gonna do a Sunday when we are just gonna go back to the old hymns amen I, it's always spontaneous that stuff you can't program into worship amen look at somebody and say ah, he just being Baptist now amen that's part of my Bapticostal roots amen I got a little charismatic, little Baptist, little, amen, little Kojic, amen, mm 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 I am always honored to be able to stand before you, resurrection, as our church is now, how old are we now, 40? This is, okay, let me get y'all, so y'all do the math, it's 2023 we was established in 1983, so we are 40 years old, amen, amen. Some of y'all was like, huh. we did have a big celebration this year, y'all remember? Yeah. Mm. Time is going by so fast, it seemed like a long time ago, doesn't it? <laughs> 40 years as we continue to grow, God is still adding to the church, amen. And I'm honored. To be able to present Christian and Nakia. Anderson, won't you come with your Deacon BJ? Amen. And another Christian, Rudy and Brittany Martin. Will you come? Where are you all at? Are, you, are they here? Amen. Come on. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. And you are Christian and Brittany. Okay, Christian and Brittany, I want you to stand here. And um, Christian, well, stand where they tell you to stand. Amen. Because obviously, I don't know what I'm doing up here. Amen. Come on. Look at these beautiful. Baby girls. Amen. Y'all, this ought to be a delight to you as a church. Amen. Deacon Ray, won't you come? Is it, amen. Deacon David Ray, is it BJ here? You standing in for BJ? All right. Amen. All right, y'all can look up this way. Listen, I am so honored to have you guys. Y'all left and came back. Y'all were in another, y'all were in Vegas. They came back from Vegas, y'all. And when did you all join? In 2018? Come on, give God praise for them. They joined in 2018. Amen. Amen. Any, anyone else that's standing with these families, listen, I want you all to know that when we do this, we do this as a church family. Yeah. That you have the assistance of your church. Y'all come on in a little bit closer. Come on a little bit closer. Amen. This, this way, this way, this way, this way. Amen. Come on. Amen. There you go. Come on, bring the baby up a little bit closer. All right. I can't see as good as I used to um, 33 years ago. Listen, we have little baby. I'm gonna get it. Reagan, Naomi. Reagan, Naomi, Rose. Rose. And then we have Nasia Sadie. Sadie Anderson. Oh my goodness. Beautiful babies, beautiful parents grandparents. Amen. And then you got a little sister down there. She said, I used to be a baby too. <laughs> Amen. That was two years ago. I was a little baby. How old is she now? Three. I would have missed it by one year. Listen, I'm delighted, delighted to be, first of all, a father who raised three sons and who has two grandsons. The older I get, the more it seems like I just, uh, I'm just bubbly on the inside when I see babies and, and young families. The Bible has a lot to say about this, particularly when it comes to children. And the Bible, when you open up the scripture, it lets you know that children, just like Jesus, and this is a good time of year because we're celebrating a baby is a reflection of God's love. They are pure potential. They're to be protected. They're to be nurtured. They're to be developed. There's nothing better to me to see fathers who are helping to raise their daughters. Because you are showing them what a true man looks like. A man that walks with God. Jeremiah 1 and 5 says before I formed you in the womb I knew you and before you were born I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Without me even prophesying God has already put a calling on their lives. They were born with a purpose. Jesus says in Matthew 19 and 14 let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these isn't that beautiful old testament psalms 123 says children are a gift from god sons or you could put daughters are a heritage from the lord children are a reward from him god has rewarded you guys by giving you a child he's trusting you to be great stewards over these children all the stuff that's going on in the world when we see children y'all that gives us hope as believers, we're called to recognize that children first and foremost belong to God. And His goodness, he gives them as gifts to parents. And they not only have the awesome responsibility of caring for it, but the wonderful privilege of enjoying it. Listen, you'll have the best time you have in your life enjoying them as children. And they're gonna stay in your pocket for a long time too. A long time amen you might need to get you another job (laughs) children belong to god and are given to parents by his grace first samuel first chapters hannah presented her child to the lord samuel that's who her child was in luke 2 and 22 mary and joseph brought their child to the temple in jerusalem and so as these parents Grand, grandmother, any grandparents? Godparents? Godparents and deacons and all right that are surrounding these children and to this church. I call on you right now, those of you who will help these parents and to the parents uh, to raise, to dedicate as you're doing right now, your lives, uh, to bringing them up in the fear of the Lord. Do you promise to do that? If you do, say amen. amen. And to the church, if you agree to help and assisting them in any way that we can as a church, will you affirm with them by just saying amen? amen? I believe in the power of prayer. I don't believe that anytime we call on the name of the Lord, when we call on him, just a little more, I believe when we sincerely call his name, Heaven hears us. And the Bible talks about oil as being a symbol of God's presence in the Old Testament and the laying of the hands. And so right now, join us, church, as we bring these families in, come a little closer in prayer. Father, we thank you right now for these precious little ones that you've allowed us to have as gifts in this world to these parents first, mother and father. We pray that you would give them what they did not get when they left the hospital, instructions written in your word. Help them to remember that's the greatest instruction manual they will ever have in raising their family. I pray that you would bless these couples, Lord, let them grow closer to each other and as they grow closer to each other that they would grow closer to you. Let them see examples of a praying mother and a praying father, fathers who protect and care and nurture, mothers who show the shining example of what the heart of the house ought to look like when it walks side by side with the head. In the name of Jesus, we ask this word, we ask this prayer, we ask this cover, and we pray that this day will never be forgotten. Let them become everything that potentially they can become. In Jesus' name, Jesus. amen. There was another baby born. And that baby changed the world, turned the world upside down. His name was Jesus. And so we celebrate your babies as we celebrate that baby. Listen, we got something for you. This is for, um, yes. Yes all these different names, I'm sorry I, I'm being dyslexic right now I can't, Nas, this is for Nasia, but I know there's a Christian somewhere yeah there, you're Christian alright, and then you're uh, Christ, who would have ever th- thunk it, amen Nasia, this is for her and this one is for Reagan, right alright, God bless you, amen, we love y'all come on you could do better than that come on let's celebrate them A great big hand praise for our men, amen And for our special guests here today God bless you, we thank you Amen If you can stand on your feet right now If you can, I I do know and I'm aware That everybody cannot, but if you can Just stand with me for one moment Close your eyes as we go to God in prayer Turn to God, Father O Lord, our Lord How excellent is thy name in all the earth. Mm. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful for the privilege and the opportunity to be in this place in your presence with these, your people. We pray now for your power to continue to minister to us. but. More especially Lord, we pray that we do not leave this place until we give you proper due, acknowledgement, adoration, glory, and praise. You have been good to us. And even though it's cliche, you are the reason for this season. In fact, you're the one who controls all seasons. We know of four seasons, but there is a fifth one. And that's due season. And so we do realize that it's a good, every season is a season to give thanks, glory, honor, and praise. Now, Lord, speak to our hearts. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. You are our strength and our redeemer. We ask it in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. amen. Say amen one more time. Come on and give God another great hand of praise. Amen. God bless you. Amen. If you could just remain standing for just one moment. Amen. First of all, we are grateful um, to God for this day. Our men uh, who, amen, they can't sing without showing out. And uh, because they want to remind everybody that in case you didn't know, and this is a quick history thing, they were really the first, chorus of this church when it first got started, Uh, we do and we recognize the power and the influence of all churches through women. I will be the first to say this, because mainly women outnumber men in churches. But when you see a church full of men, somebody ought to say amen. 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 Amen, and, and now we're just gonna ask that some of y'all go to church also when y'all not singing, okay? Because I'm not gonna call your names, but I see about three of y'all that I didn't see. But God is a God of redemption and forgiveness, amen, so, Amen, mm-hmm. amen, I'm gonna be looking around. We got two services, I'm gonna be taking names. Amen, we just, I'm grateful for these brothers. Um, and many of them who have been singing with the male chorus almost from day one. Amen, and so um, we're grateful and we're thankful for them. I left my iPad at the other campus, so y'all need a new sermon today, amen. One that I have never preached on my iPhone. I knew this day would come. Just didn't know when. Pastor Bunn, I didn't know one day I would be without the regular tools that I have and I still need to give a word from the Lord. So with the prompting, the aid, assistance, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, (laughs) it's a great day. To celebrate this season of Advent, a season of expectation and anticipation of Christmas. Uh, We began a new series entitled entitled Christmas Unwrapped. And we want to take a close look at another um, event that unfolded in uh, Matthew's Gospel, Um, how those who were there at the Christmas event were determined not to miss the Christmas experience. And I need you to travel with me quickly to the textual territory of Matthew chapter 2 once again. We want to look at verses 1 through 4. Matthew chapter 2, 1 through 4. Jesus says in these words, uh, New Living Translation, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from Eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we've come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? We're going to stop right there. This is the word of God for the people of God. All praise, honor, and glory be to God. We want to tag this text today with this title Don't Miss Your Opportunity. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, don't miss. Tell them, Oh, neighbor, you don't want to miss your opportunity. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. It was at a young age when I first heard the words, there comes a time in the life of every person when because of age or location, certain opportunities are no longer available. Over the years, i found that statement to be true. Listen, hear me when I say that nothing is as expensive as a missed opportunity. Perhaps you've had some windows of opportunity in your life that you missed things that were presented to you. You had a chance to take advantage of them, but you let them slip and you regret it to this day. And here's what I want you to take note of. There are four things that you can never recover in life. A word that is said, time when it's gone, trust when it's lost, and opportunity when it's missed. Back in the 1800s, Western Union with its renowned telegram service was the ruling telecommunications industry. In 1876, there was a man by the name of Alexander whose last name was Bell. He had approached them recently. He had invented and patented the first telephone, offered, it, offered to sell it to them, the patent, to Western Union for $100,000, but they said no, believing that the public would never choose telephones over telegrams missed opportunity kodak was the first company to create the digital camera but they refused to go digital because in their opinions their operations because they wanted people to continue to buy film and so the reaction of the senior management to the digital camera was it's cute but don't tell anybody about it Missed opportunity. Some of you who are here today are old enough to remember a company, a store, by the name of Blockbuster. Young people are saying, I heard of it. Blockbuster, as you know, could have bought Netflix in 2000 for $50 million. But their CEO wrote it off saying, it's just a small niche business that nobody would ever want. And you know the rest of the story. Netflix is now worth $145 billion. And Blockbuster went out of business. Missed opportunity. A man named Walt and his friend named Art, he asked him to partner with him in purchasing some land he had They saw the horses that were grazing on it and didn't look like much, so his friend mumbled some kind of excuse, and in doing so, Art Linkletter passed up an opportunity to buy all the land surrounding what became Disneyland from his friend, Walt Disney. Missed. Opportunity. Ronald Wayne. Have you ever heard of him? Of course not but he was the third co-founder of Apple. After realizing the financial burden that it would assume on him if the company went bankrupt, he sold his 10% ownership share to the Steves, Wozniak and Jobs for $800, and today that 10% would be worth about $100 billion missed opportunity. I don't know of many things that can bring more regret than missed opportunities. Especially things y'all that will have an effect on us throughout all our lives and more especially things that will have an effect on you throughout all eternity. So the meaning of this message and the target of this teaching Of this text for today is to encourage every single one of you when you walk out of here that in no in no uncertain terms to take advantage of the opportunities that you have because as we trace the tapestry of our text for today and tread the trail of a man who missed major opportunities we come to understand a little bit about a man named herod Herod, history would call him Herod the Great. His story is told, part of it anyway, in Matthew chapter two, the years 47 BC, Herod the Great was 25 years old, and yet he had just been named the governor of Galilee. At 25 years old, he's the governor. Reminds me of a 25 year old kid who became the pastor of a church. Some get it, some. Romans had hoped that Herod, after having this position, would be able to pacify the Jews and the Jewish population. He captured certain freedom fighters and had them executed. He later married into a very prestigious family, the Hasmoneans. And in 40 BC, the Roman Senate named him the King of the Jews. It was a title that the Jews hated because, number one, he was not a Jew by heredity, and number two, He was not a Jew uh, by heritage. And the text testifies that word came to him in Jerusalem that some visitors have arrived from the east, strange men with a strange question. They were Magi, priests of an oriental religion who practiced philosophy and astrology, Persian and powerful they have journeyed across the desert some 900 miles seeking an interview with herod and the important thing to herod was not who they were but what they asked who is the one who has been born king of the jews we saw a star in the east and we've come to worship and we don't know My brothers and sisters, precisely who these men were, where they came from, or what they saw in the sky, and Herod didn't either. But verse 3 reports that when Herod heard this, he was disturbed. Say "disturbed." disturbed. In the text, that word disturbed literally means to shake violently. And no wonder, because when Herod heard news, he knew the Jews were looking for the Messiah, the one that they believed God would send to save them and reign over them as their king, he took the threat seriously because while Herod was many things, stupid was not one of them. And so he subtly set out to exterminate, you can bring that here, uh, to exterminate, they trying to help me preach, this potential contender, and if you don't mind me sticking a pen right there, thank you very much. That's the nature when you look at Herod of tyrants. No matter what, or where, or when they appear in history, at best, at heart, tyrants, uh, their nature is that they want to rule by force, and the one thing that they fear the most is losing their power and control. Maybe you shouldn't have gave me this because I got something in here that I was questionable whether I would say it or not, but I think I feel like saying it. Tyrants will undermine fair and equitable elections if it suits their purpose. they they, they tyrants. Tyrants will confiscate classified documents and hide them. Tyrants, you shouldn't have gave it to me, tyrants will endanger security of a nation and suggest suspension of a constitution and lie like lying is going out of style. But I'll leave that alone. Let's move on. Because see, a tyrant, here's one that recognized Jesus as a threat. And therefore, he hatched a sinister plot. Pick me up in verse 7 of chapter 2. And this is what I love. Listen, whenever you hear preaching, make sure it's by the Bible. I'm not telling you what's, I'm not making this up. It says, Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. No one might wonder, now, when you think about it, uh, 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 anybody, is easy to wonder, why weren't these wise men uh, wise to Herod's plot? But really, why should they? They had no reason to suspect his motives. Or you might wonder, why didn't Herod send troops to Bethlehem himself to check things out? But he, he could have done that, but it would have attracted too much attention. And somebody might be musing, well, why didn't Herod go himself? It's called plausible deniability. Y'all look it up when you get a chance. He didn't want to go, so he sent wise men. And you know the rest of the story. The plan backfired. The trickster got tricked. The player got played. The con man got conned. The star miraculously reappeared led these wise men to the exact spot where the child was when they found the baby Jesus. They bowed down and worshipped him, offering him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And just before the Magi stepped off center stage and drifted to the twilight of history, we're told one last fact about them. Verse 12 says, having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Man, that's a sermon right there. They didn't go back the same way they came. The Magi went east. Mary and Joseph went west into Africa. And and the Magi knew something that Herod didn't know. Did you know what the Magi knew that they didn't know? They knew that that little baby in a tiny space wrapped in rags would someday rule the world. Y'all not hearing? Babies are pure potential and this baby was special y'all and here it is he missed, Herod missed his opportunity and I'm working to make that case right now that nothing is as expensive as a missed opportunity, Herod missed his opportunity and I'm going to show it to you real quick because first he missed the opportunity to reach his potential to reach his potential y'all quiet So maybe you're asking the same question. Where did you get that? Let me show you. Because his resume was great. In one sense, Herod was a brilliant military strategist, a prolific builder. He was a shrewd politician. Herod built a stadium that archaeologists believed could seat 500,000 people. AT&T Stadium, where the Dallas Cowboy played, only seats 80,000. I'm sorry, JJ. FedEx Field in Washington, where the commander's place, seats 91,000. The largest stadium in this country of ours is at University of Michigan. It seats 111 plus. But Herod built a stadium that sat 500,000 people. He was a prolific builder. He literally built a mountain in the middle of the Judean wilderness and called it the Herodian it had upper and lower pools an era, area where with gazebos in the middle that you could only get to by boat herod proved himself a capable administrator and a ruler who reigned over a territory greater than any jewish king following the era of Uh, Solomon. He had tremendous promise. He navigated the treacherous political waters of the Roman Empire during the reigns of Mark Antony and Cleopatra and Octavius. His leadership also helped to build the economic might of Judea by founding cities, expanding religious sites, developing uh, architectural projects, and creating a relatively stable government during a particularly tumultuous period. He had potential, but I've got to submit to you today that it was never fully realized. And hear me when I say this, because here's my preaching point that I'm trying to make, that no matter how adept adapt your attitude, how great your accomplishments, how tremendous your talent and how lofty your goals or daring, your dreams or admirable or your aspirations, you will never be all you can be without God. Can I get a witness? Only God can clarify your purpose. Only God can certify your victory. Only God can dignify your journey. Only God can intensify your impact and magnify your potential and rectify your mistakes and satisfy your soul. Get a good education. I advise that, but you still need God. Go get money. Ain't nothing wrong with money. More money, more money, but you still need God. Enjoy an amazing relationship, but you still need God. I encourage anybody, if you can, to open your own business, but don't forget you still need God. Ain't nothing wrong with watering the tender strings of your entrepreneurial desires, but you still need God no matter what you know, there's still more to know. No matter what you've done, there's still more to do. No matter what's, where you've gone, there's still more road ahead. Listen, I came to tell you and serve you. notice that you've not even fully tapped into your uh, full potential of your personal resources. You've not fully plumbed your spiritual depths. You've yet to master your psychological possibilities. You've yet to realize your economic potential. You've yet to surmise your social and political promise. And you can't do none of that without God. I need somebody here that believes that today. That you can't do nothing without. Is there anybody who can help me and admit with me that with all you've done, that with all you've achieved, that with all you've acquired, you still need God? Look at your neighbor and say, I know you're not just sitting there. I know you heard what he said, but if you didn't, let me just tell you, I need God. Go and testify to your neighbor and say, I need God. I need him every day. I need him every moment. I need him every second. I don't want to go a second without God when I wake up in the morning I need him when I, when I fry my eggs I need him when I, when I go to the gym I'm, I'm praying on the treadmill I, I, I pray when I get out and say thank you for just giving me strength somebody was able to walk without no pain today and yesterday you didn't feel like you was going to be able to make it somebody ought to shout I need him Herod. Herod was disturbed, but not devoted. He he was paranoid, but not prayerful. He he was worried, but not worshipful. He he was inquiring, but insincere. He was powerful, uh, but not principled. He missed the opportunity to reach his potential. Can I tell you something that's even more tragic than that? He missed his opportunity to redeem his past. Whew, this, this, I could stop preaching right there. Because he had a past. I, I gave you part of it. Let there be no mistake. I'm going to give you the rest of it in a minute. He, he had a past. Don't, don't get it twisted, though. You, you do, too. This is the part where it says they'll get just a little bit quiet help you out. I do too. Keep looking straight. We both have a past. We all have a, everybody in here walked up in here as, as, as a sinner saved only by the grace of God. You, you weren't born holy. Some of y'all act like y'all, y'all came out the womb with a halo over your head. You, you were born to unholy parents. You were raised in an unholy home. I, I'm sorry. There was some holiness nests. But the truth is all of us still have a past and all of us are redeemed only by the grace of God. Every sinner has a future and every sinner has a past. You haven't always, stop acting like you've always been walking the straight and narrow road and you've always been in the church and you've always been in the scripture. Where are my honest people who came to the church campus today? Let me find out where you at because I need you to help testify That there was a time, Pastor, I was all up in the club. Now I'm all up in the church. There was a time when I was backing that thing up. Now I'm blessing his holy name. There was a time when I was saying, Pastor Weed, Pastor Cavassier, but now I'm shouting, Praise the Lord. I don't need to go no further than that, do I? Sit down. Keep looking straight. This ain't the time for confession. You could do that later, but I'm just telling you about Herod. Herod had a horrendous past. His ascent to power had been as clever as it was cruel. And like all despots, he aggressively conspired his way to get power. He brutally amputated anyone who got in his way. He left a trail of bodies longer than Michael Corleone in The Godfather. I mean, everywhere you looked, Herod was a gangster, killed his brother-in-law, killed his mother-in-law. Keep looking straight. His oldest three sons strangled them to death. Caesar Augustus Said it's better or safer to be one of his pigs than to be one of his sons. That's quoted in history. Herod killed out of spite to stay in power. In fact, that, ep- that show Power that used to come on HBO, has nothing. Ghost has nothing on Herod. <laughs> I heard about it. Just to stay in power. Human life meant nothing to him. The great Jewish historian Josephus called him barbaric. Another writer dubbed him as a a, a malevolent maniac. He was brutal, he was ruthless, he was vindictive, he was dangerous, he was a dangerously high strung dictator. Somebody says that there'll be a dictator. You better believe it. I'm sorry, that slipped out. That's what Herod was. That's what dictators do. Herod even killed his wife, believing she was a threat to his throne. Now he's 40. He was 44 when he killed her. Um, He's 70, but he was 44 when he killed her. He loved her, but he killed her. We know that because when he was 70 years old, he never, after turning 70, he still had not recovered. He was like Frankie Beverly and Mays. He was saying, can't get over you. (laughs) He sung that for the rest of his life. But her murder (laughs) was the beginning of his end. Dying. He's older now. Body racked with convulsions, skin covered with sores, rapidly losing his mind, yet he's still terrified that somebody's going to rise up and seize my power and position. Now he ought to be thinking about retiring at this point. But just when he thought he had covered all his bases. Finally, he believed that he had subdued all his enemies. Finally, he believed that he had killed all his foes. He was ready to reign triumphantly in that moment. These strangers show up with strange questions. And he's shaken. Reverting back to muscle memory, he responds the way he always had, murderously. How to get away with murder. He's an old man in the text, been in power for 41 years. He knows his life is rapidly approaching an expiration date, but his pathetic paranoia prompts him to start part two of his killing spree, as he orders the execution of all the male children under the age of two, based on a rumor that a king had been born. He's got a horrendous past, but he's still, even with all of that, not beyond hope. Because what he didn't realize is that that same baby who was born in the barn on the backside of Bethlehem in a cradle, in a corner of the city, God sent him to be the savior of the world. Why would you kill your chance to get saved? (laughs) Somebody needs to get that because that's good news, y'all. God sent a savior into the world and he brought with him the power to pardon our past. That's the part people don't get about Christianity. You don't have to do nothing to get saved. It's already been done for you. You can't be good enough. You can't speak in enough tongues. You can't shout loud enough. You can't run around the church long enough. I don't care. Listen, you can get to the church before it opens and you can stay before it closes. That ain't going to get you saved. What gets you saved is the fact that there was a baby born on the backside of Bethlehem who came to save the world and his name is Jesus. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart, I wish I had somebody and confess with your mouth that, that God raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. He brought him to pardon our past. That's good. Somebody ought to shout and say, That's good news. And what's amazing about Christmas, what's good news for some is bad news for others. Because Herod did not welcome it, but we can. Look at your neighbor and say, You can. I can. Because no matter what, this the part I can't hardly preach because it makes me want to shout that no matter what, your past has been redeemed. Did you hear what I said? No matter what, God can change it. God can redeem it, y'all. We looking, we sitting right next to some people who would tell you, "Listen, I know I look like a good person right now, but you don't even rem- you wasn't there before God rescued me. I was going down a different path. I would have been one of those persons on TV with my hands behind my back being handcuffed. I was one of those persons. I I did some stuff. I just didn't get caught. It wasn't nothing but the grace of God that saved me. I was going left, but God decided to bring me right. I was I was down but God decided to pull me up. God can redeem you. God can change you. There's no person's star who is so fixed in its orbit that the love of God cannot alter its course. God's love is stronger than your hate. I wish I had some help here. Your past may have been painful. Your heart may have been filled with hurts and horrors. Your memories may haunt your every working moment but God can still change it and God can still redeem you. Yes he can. I said yes he can he can change it from horrible to wonderful he can change it from tragic to triumph he can change it from hurtful to helpful he can change it from frustrated to motivated he can change it from sad to glad God can change it can I get 49 witnesses I'll make 50 who will co-sign this affidavit that God can redeem you from fearful to faithful from lost to found from pessimistic to optimistic God can change it and God can redeem it there was another hymn that we used to sing when I was in church back in the day the lyrics said what a wonderful change has come over me since Jesus came into my heart I have life for my soul for which I have sought since Jesus came into my heart Tremaine Hawkins where are you when we need you a change oh a change has come over. I need all the changed people to just stand up and declare he talking about me. I'm through. He can change it. He can redeem you. He can change it. He can redeem you. If you would do what Herod did not do. And you're doing it right now, seeking Christ honestly. I, I want to give everyone who's here today credit because you're here because you're seeking Christ. I, I believe there's, the, without exception, everybody here is here because you're seeking Christ honestly. But not only go that, turn, make the next step, turn it over to him. See, we don't mind coming to him, but we still like to hold on to it. Because we like to be able to, control. I, 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 you know, we, we want a self. I'm a pastor, but your pastor needs a therapist. And y'all know that by the way I preach. Lord help him. He's working some things out through the pulpit. I I realize there's some things I I can't do for myself. I I still need some help. And and there's some things I need to turn over to God. Some some things I just need to let him have. Herod missed his opportunity. To reach his potential and to redeem his past. But then here's the last one. He missed his opportunity to revise his possibilities. He can revise his possibilities. And I'm going to show you because Herod died. And he died crazy. Homicidal. Bloodthirsty. Vindictive. Violent. Now he's gone, and the tragedy is it didn't have to end that way. He didn't have to end up, Johnson, the way he started up. Somebody needs to grab that because there's a difference between possibility and inevitability. Did you hear what I just said? No matter how you started up, you can end up differently you can have a bad start and have a good finish i've been tracking the spurs i've been tracking the spurs a lot of people who've been playing the spurs were were losing in the beginning (laughs) and it gives you hope spurs gonna win spurs going to win. but they win in the end because you listen whenever you're in a game you got to remember it ain't how you start up it's how you finish that makes the difference I remember, I remember, I remember we were children, we were children, and my parents, and during this time of year, certain gifts that you knew were in every household, and and one of the gifts that you could just about go to any household when I was growing up, especially during Christmas time, was an Etch-a-Sketch. And I could just tell by your reaction how old you are. I see somebody going, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Young people say, I heard of one of those, yes. My grandfather showed me one. Etch-a-Sketch is a drawing toy, gray screen, two little white knobs against a red background. And I never will forget that when we got a hold of Etch-a-Sketch, and this was before you were born (laughs) and your brother. I had two other siblings, my sister, my older sister and my older brother. Um, I'm the middle child. I suffer from middle child syndrome. Pray for me, but I, I never will forget when I got a hold to an etch a sketch for the first time. I I looked at the box and I I saw that what you could draw and what you could make. I had seen the commercials, and I was determined to draw a beautiful picture with my etch a sketch and I began turning the knobs trying to draw this and trying to draw that and got frustrated because I kept making mistake after mistake and I got so frustrated that my older sister just took it from me and she said Ray don't be frustrated if you can't do it just turn it over shake it and start all over My friends, that's what God does. God can etch a sketch your life. Are there any witnesses in here? Is there anybody listening to me who has had God to etch a sketch you? I need, some, I need some witnesses that as long as you have breath, there is always hope. As long as you have breath, there's always promise. There's always possibility because no matter what your condition, it does not have to be your conclusion. I like that. I think I just said something whatever your condition it does not have to be your conclusion because no matter what you have done You are never too low to be lifted. You are never too dirty to be cleansed You are never too broken to be fixed. You are never too lost to be found You are never too empty to be filled. You are never too hurt to be healed You are never too crippled to be cured. You are never too sinful to be saved You are never too fractured to be amended. It doesn't matter whether you crack Out, Wrapped out, dropped out, walked out, put out, wiped out, smoked out, drank out, stepped out or left out, no matter what you've been through, it may be your condition, but it doesn't have to be your conclusion. You don't have to end up like you start up. If you fell down, get back up. If you step out, come back in. If you quit, rejoin. If you stop giving, start giving again. If you lied, start telling the truth. If you stole, give it back if you hurt somebody go on and apologize don't miss your opportunity to realize your potential don't miss your opportunity to redeem your past and to revive your possibility just come to Jesus I'm through preaching I'm just celebrating now come to Jesus just as you are weary worn and sad and find in him resting place and he'll make you glad I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving I will enter into his courts with praise I will say this is the day that the Lord has made and he has made me glad he has made me glad I said he has made me glad I will rejoice because he has made me glad is there anybody in this place who the Lord has made glad or am I all by myself won't he put a smile on your face won't he put clapping in your hands won't he put dancing in your feet won't he put joy in your soul won't he do it I said won't he do it yes yes glad today that the Lord can redeem you. He can redeem us from the hand of the enemy. Hey, ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? I said ain't he all right? I'm through preaching uh, but before I take my seat can I say one more thing? I've seen the lightning flashing. I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard, I heard, I heard the voice of Jesus telling me to still fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No. alone have a good Christmas have a good Christmas Merry Christmas jingle bells but when I get to heaven it won't be jingle bells it'll be joy bells ringing in my soul hey I'll get a chance to see for myself the one that died for me the one that that set me free I love him is there anybody here That love my Jesus If you love him Just wave your hand Tell your neighbor Excuse me neighbor I know I'm a little bit beside myself But you don't know Like I know What the Lord has done for me Ain't he alright Ain't he alright Ain't he, ain't he, ain't he Ain't he, ain't he, ain't he, ain't he? Oh, hallelujah stand on your feet everywhere just for one moment with me join me in prayer one more time somebody in this house today came here today last week we baptized i want y'all to celebrate what god is doing here because sometimes we can listen You can get so used to being blessed that you forget how to appreciate the blesser. And you even forget that it's a blessing. If you can breathe without an oxygen tank. I never knew what a panic attack was. I'd heard about it. A panic attack, what's the other word they use for it? Uh, anxiety attack. Just didn't have an idea what concept of what that was. I, I never knew what claustrophobia was. And then I had a condition that worsened with allergies. It's allergy season and, and I had began to develop severe allergy infections and my doctors had put me on everything. They did tests. And then they recommended that I have surgery because they found out that I had a deviated septum. Don't know what that is, but it was all messed up and they had to go and correct it. And they tried to explain to me what it was. I looked it up. It should heal in this amount of time. You're gonna be out, but you can't breathe from your nose. I went in surgery and I came out My face was swole, and I had all these patches around my nose, and I had to breathe from my mouth for days. I didn't know how instinctive it was to eat and still be breathing until you have to eat, and you can't take a breath. My first day home, by the time night hit, I started having an anxiety attack. I couldn't call my doctor because they're closed now. I didn't know whether to go to the emergency room or nothing. And I just panicked, I had panic attack, anxiety attack. And I never felt like, I, I literally felt like I was drowning. Couldn't swallow, couldn't breathe because now I have to start a new rhythm. I can't breathe from my nose and I just, I couldn't get it right, I couldn't get it right, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep. And this went on for days at a time. Some of you have probably gone through much worse things, but I'm just giving you my experience. And just when I thought I was getting better, I'm finally going to the, I'm by myself, and I get in my truck and I just wanna go to the store. And I get to a red light. And I start having that attack at a red light. And I'm trying to, I don't know whether to get out of a truck and and, and I'm in the middle of traffic and everything. And I'm stuck here having this anxiety attack. And all I could do was pray. And say, Lord, save me. And then I started realizing as I've aged, there are things that are different now. Certain things to this day can set that attack off. I was in my house at night, in my bed at sleep. In the middle of the night, I got up terrified. By myself, I'm going through this attack. I can't breathe. For whatever reason, I just could not breathe. Now I know what waterboarding is. (laughs) Because to take a breath now is more precious to me than it's ever been. When, when, you can't, when you experience what it is like to not be able to breathe, when you take up one breath it means something to you if you've ever had knee surgery, when your knee begins to heal, taking a step up the stairs means a whole lot to you when we built this church I thought I was 25 years old putting my office on the second floor man I had, I missed that one. I'm like, no, I'm taking the elevator today. (laughs) Walked up them stairs one day, just one flight of stairs. (sighs) We're going to start the meeting in a minute. Just give me a second. God allows you to, listen, as you get older, to gain the wisdom. To understand there are things that we've been taking for granted, y'all. I've got classmates that are dying left and right. People who grew up with me. I'm experiencing every month two or three funerals of either people I know or people who are close to people who I know. This has been going on a whole lot. They said this would happen to you as you age. Our church is doing more funerals. I remember when we first got started, we would do maybe one or two a year, if that. We did so few funerals that we didn't even know how to, we had to practice, now how do we do this again? Seriously. And now we do so many, and people who are deacons, people who work, first impressions. And we're gonna do something to memorialize those people too at the end of this year and the beginning of next year. Amen. (laughs) Because they have been pillars. But God got you here. I'm going to let you go in, a minute, go in a minute. You're here for a reason, beloved. I know you're still standing. Just give me this moment. You're here for a reason. God did not send you here just to hear a sermon. He sent you here to make a difference. And if this word does not change you in a way that it, that it forces you or, or inspires you to, to make a difference in the world, then you've not heard the word. When that baby was born in Bethlehem, He was born to make a difference, so much so that the calendars changed. What are you gonna do about it? Because it's more than a Christmas tree. God, I'm gonna be faithful. Here's what I want. If you don't have a church today, you need to make you a commitment today. I'm joining a church. I'm joining a church today. Join a church today. A church. I got recommendation. Why don't you join this one? That's my first recommendation. Now listen. I don't normally do this, but I've been pastor long enough to say this. Don't join this church if you come in here with an attitude. Somebody made you mad somewhere else and you're bringing that here. Maybe you need to go right back where where you've been and get it straight over there. If you feel like the Lord is leading you in a different direction and you've, the Lord is leading you for a new season to work, if you if you want to minister, I want to make sure that in 2024, I'm declaring it right now, that you will have the opportunity to exercise your spiritual gift in this church. All you got to do is connect. You could do that right now. And even as I'm speaking, you can walk down this aisle right now, even as I'm speaking. My brother, and my sister, but you got to trust God today and say, Lord, I want to make a difference. I don't even know what my gift is, but I believe that you, you can use me to do something. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. God allowed you to be born in this world, to use your gift. To, you've got a purpose, and God's got a plan. Will you trust Him today? These people are here to help you and to assist you. There's another way you can join. You can go online and text join to 830-689-8074. However, you do it, won't you come right now? They're gonna sing one verse of this song, and while they're doing that, we want to encourage you to come. No matter no. life is in your hands You may be seated, amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen, amen. Listen, listen, I am so grateful and honored to be your pastor. Um, we worship God and with our hands and praise and, and now it's time to worship God in our giving. Amen. Listen, you may not know and may not be aware of how much this church gives and gives away. And anytime you see that there's some crisis in the world, we have been also involved in doing that and making sure um, that we have lent our support places like Hawaii, other natural disasters. Amen. Amen. And it's because of your faithfulness. I want to thank you, that's what I want to do, begin. I want to begin by thanking you for your faithfulness and what you have done. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, we're making some improvements. We just uh, put a new sign outside. Amen. Okay, maybe you didn't, maybe. Didn't. We got a new sign outside. That sign costs a whole cost. Let me say it just the way we would say it if we was in the South. Cost a whole lot a whole lots of money amen, it costs a whole lot, it's a swisher, that sign costs a whole lot of money. But we were able to pay for it because of your kindness, your generosity, your faithfulness, amen. Amen. That sign is just the beginning. We're going to renovate this entire um, building, this facility, Um, it's a huge undertaking. We're able to do that because of many of you who contributed um, to the 2020, amen, vision, Amen. Somebody, thank you. Amen. It is a six and a half million dollar project. And we, ain't, I ain't going to do it if y'all ain't going to pay for it. <laughs> Amen. We're doing that because I believe that the kingdom of heaven ought to be exhibited by way of excellence. Amen. This is a growing community. Church Cibolo area is just growing by leaps and bounds. And I want to make sure that this church that's on a hill is a bright light shining. Amen. And continues to shine. Amen. I said this to you, I think last Sunday, I think it was I got two campuses, so I can't remember where I say a lot of stuff, but. There's been a generation of people who helped us to get to this place. And if you're part of that next generation, if you joined church in the last 10 years, God has sent you here to help us to go to the next place. Amen. And so we're putting this in your hands, but you've got to take ownership of this church. Ownership of what God has given you in this church. And it begins when you're, with your faithfulness and your giving. I don't never want to guilt anybody into giving. We don't have lines and have people to come down and give like that. Because I think if you don't give according to the way the Bible says it in, in, in the New Testament, lay aside every week. As each person has been prospered. If God has prospered you, give as you have prospered. Amen. Now, now, I've seen the parking lot. Keep looking straight. huh? I ain't seen nobody driving here with smoke coming out their tailpipe. God has prospered you. Hallelujah. You, you are. <laughs> Some of y'all came to church just so you could drive. As God has prospered you, you are to give to the God who has blessed you. Hallelujah. I'm almost through. In conclusion is God worth a dime out of every dollar the tithe is only 10% and I'm a, I'm a witness can I get some witnesses that God will bless you if you are faithful with the 10% mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. amen don't you worry about nobody else giving you do that your, that's your commitment to the Lord I know 10% it really is not that much I, amen if you can't live on 80 and 90, if you can't live on 90 or 80 or 70 or 60%, then you've got to really start looking at what your your, your lifestyle. Amen. You should not be parking a $150,000 car in a rental apartment. There's something wrong with that? You A $100 hat on a 10 cent head. I'm, that's old school. Boy, I'm, that's a whole nother sermon I'm preaching. I'm, didn't mean to go there. Amen. You can go to PushPay. Text RBC to 77977. Following the instructions. Thank you in advance for what you have done. Let's give God the praise. Uh, Who's going to rescue me here? Amen. Come on. Amen. They're ready to go now. Amen. Let's go home. Pastor, preach a good sermon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Pastor. Thank the Lord for a wonderful worship today. Thank you, God. We just thank you. So as we prepare to leave, uh, we want you to remember that we have our annual church meeting this coming Wednesday, December 13th at 630. So you can learn and celebrate and support all that your church, your church, all that your church is doing. We're doing some marvelous and amazing things. So please come out um, for that night. Let us stand and recite our mission statement. Don't forget as you leave the prayer warriors in the back, ready, willing and waiting to pray with you. Our mission statement says, "We of Christ, developing followers of Christ, who share the love of Christ. Amen. In the New Testament, Paul's benediction to the church in Thessalonica included these words: "May our Lord Jesus Christ comfort and strengthen you in every good thing you say and do." May the Lord give you understanding and expression of his love and patience to endure. May the Lord of peace give you his peace at all times in every situation. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Enjoy your day.